Well, hello, everybody. It's super good to be with you. Uh, as Mark said earlier, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all those other things that you feel obligated to say to people this week. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Uh, but my name is Joe, and I'm one of the pastors here. And honestly, I'm kind of excited to dive into some things with you, uh, doing something a little bit unique, just a little bit unique uh, this weekend, this in-between weekend of like, what do you do with it? Like, you feel that weird tension of this week? Like, some of you don't even know what day it is. You're like lucky uh, that you remembered today was a day that you should show up to church just because of the way that this week tends to go. You're like, I just feel full of cheese, right? Like, it's just like, that's, that's pretty much my reality the week after Christmas uh, and trying to figure out, like, what do I do next and why am I here? So uh, you made it. Uh, good job uh, as, as you kind of figure things out. Um, I'll be honest, uh, one of my favorite things about this week is uh, dreaming about what the next year is going to be like. Uh, I, I love to do that. So, uh, like, for instance, if you're like an Enneagram type person, like I'm a three, and so I, I like to get things done. I like to achieve things. I like to make sure things are happening. And so I love to do most of my to-do lists. Start with, make a to-do list. That way I can check something off right away. It just feels so good, right, to get things uh, done. And I try to get more accomplished than just that too. But it's, it's really, really good. And then when I start, at least my personality, when I start dreaming about like, well, man, like maybe I can make this happen this year. And maybe I could work on this. And maybe I could get better here. Like the juices flow. And I'm, I'm like always guilty of having like hundreds, if not thousands. I'm not, that's not an exaggeration of uh, to-do lists and items and to-do lists of things that I could do, want to do, want to make happen. And uh, they don't all just sit there in nebulous land. I get probably hundreds of those done, but I feel like for every two that I get done, I'm adding one or two right back onto the list. And it's just like the perpetuality of life. And I don't, here's another confession. Why not? Let's just start off that way. Uh, any of you guys like utilize those save feeds? features on, on like Instagram, Facebook, like all those things like, you know, you screenshot that, you have a special album and your photos, you're like, this is the stuff I want to do with my life. Like I have, I'm like a digital hoarder. Like I have those lists everywhere. You're like, oh, I totally want to do that to my house. I totally want to do that with my kid. That's a great adventure. I should do that someday. Saved, saved, saved. Like, but I love that time of year because we get to dream about those things. What do I want this next year to look like? But here's the negative side of that coin. You ever feel like you never quite add up to the person that you want to be? Like if you look back at like last year's goals or last year's hopes and dreams and you're kind of like, why are this year's hopes and dreams so similar to last year's hopes? Like they're, they're so similar. I didn't move the needle as far as I was hoping I would. I, I didn't necessarily get accomplished what I wanted to do. I didn't overcome that battle, that struggle, that addiction. I didn't, that relationship with that person still just as tense. We didn't reconcile yet. Like sometimes you look around and it's really hard to even get excited about what's possible because you're not all that thrilled about what's been. And so you can kind of get stuck so I was looking at this kind of conceptually, like as we look at, you know, what do people think of with New Year's resolutions? How do people run after this kind of stuff? And it was amazing. I just did a quick Google search on like the top 2024 New Year's resolutions and list after list after list. It sounds like this, save money, be happy, exercise more, and improve your physical and mental health. That sound about right? Did I just like peer into your soul? That's pretty much how we all function and think. Like if I could just do those things, I'm good, like that's all I wanna do. But what's amazing is that often looks like next year's list and the year after that and the year after that. So what gives, right? Now part of it is these things are uh, never 
end destinations in and of themselves. Like you can't like nail your physical health one year and then never have to eat right or exercise again because you just nailed it, right? Like that doesn't work that way. Same thing with money. Like you can save money. You're like, now I never have to work unless you're one of those freaks that just like somehow could retire at 40 and you're good. But like we can't do that, right? It's a constant thing. So even if this is on your list, sometimes that's right back on your list. Now, let me ask you this question. When we think about ourselves and we think about specifically how we view ourselves, do you ever feel like you're a little bit of a mess and you feel like it's really hard to let anyone inside to let people see how much of a mess you are? Like, do you ever feel like I, if I ever told anyone all the things that I think about, all the things that I struggle with, all the things that I feel negative about. I can't even, t- sometimes you just feel like I can't even tell the people that are closest to me. I can't tell my brothers that. I can't, tell my, I can't even tell my best friends that. They, they would think I'm nuts. I can't tell my spouse that. I can't tell my girlfriend that. I can't tell my parents that. Are you kidding me? If I let my kids see that side, like you feel like there's no one in your life that you can actually open up those things to. And then it creates this sense of like, I'm not sure I fully belong anywhere. Now I've seen this in tons of people. I see this in folks that feel like they're super successful, they're, they're on the right track, they got things going for them, but then sometimes they'll just bleed over into this stare because they know they're, they're missing something. Like life is going okay, but something's just not clicking, not working quite right. And I've heard it in those that are struggling, those that... They hurt so much and they've heard different pieces of advice like, well, all you got to do is this. Just do this for two weeks. Just, you know, habits formed in 21 days to just knock that out. You know, habits formed in 68 days. You know, habits formed in... It's amazing how you read different things and habits are formed in different lengths of time. Apparently habits are hard to create. But when you get that kind of advice, it just makes you feel more defeated. Because you're like, I would love to start that habit. I would love to fix that part of my life. And I look at you and it seems like you have that part of your life together and I've been trying for years to figure this out and I can't. And now instead of just saying that's something I wish I had, it actually buries us in this emotion of I think I'm completely messing up life because everyone else has this figured out. What do we do with that? What do we do with these dreams of trying to like conquer the world And then a lot of times all these emotions of like, I'm not even quite sure how I fit in all of this. And I I don't know how to overcome these things that have been plaguing me for years. Well, I want to take a look at two different viewpoints this weekend, two different common ways of thinking that get us here. And maybe, just maybe, we're going to find out that maybe we're asking some wrong questions. Maybe some of the things that we naturally ask ourselves, especially at this time of year, are actually leading us down a path that spirals us right back to this place from the beginning. So here's the first question that I think we ask ourselves that's probably the wrong question to ask, number one. And the first one is simply this, how can I find myself? 
There are versions of this questions all over our culture. Find yourself, discover yourself, what are your passions, follow your dreams, follow your heart. Sounds like a Disney song, just a couple more melodies away and we got it, we'll nail it. Like just follow your dreams, be you, all that kind of stuff. But here's, here's the issue with this particular mindset. It's aimlessness. You see, we don't know where to go when we're told to find ourselves. Just look within. Okay, but I already live within me and I don't know what my life is supposed to be about. So I should just look in deeper? Because so far it's all question marks. And apparently those question marks are supposed to, okay, I guess I'll keep looking. You know, I was uh, looking more and more to these New Year's resolutions things and it's amazing how many sites said, here's, one of them said, here's 55 ideas for 2024. 55 ideas. That's what you need, right? Anybody not feel busy? I'm bored. I need 55 more things to do. Here's the next list. No kidding. Here's 70 of the best New Year's resolution ideas to inspire you in 2024. Like not here's 70 ideas. Here's 70 of the best. Okay, I guess I got to live up to the best. How do I knock out 70? That's like one every three days, right? It's just like, how are we going to accomplish? And that's bad math. Don't like figure that out in your head. All right, like that's just not going to work. You know, it's, it's, it's so hard to discover ourselves in the unknown of there being endless possibilities. Just discover your passion. There's only 14 billion of them. Just get excited about something. Well, excited about what? All the, there's all, all the possibilities are at your fingertips. That's the problem. I don't know where to start. I don't even know what I like to, I don't even know what to do. And so we Google it. We scroll through TikTok. We're trying to figure that maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And we see all the different pieces of advice. Just go to college. No, don't go to college. No one needs college. Just do this. Just get your side hustle. All you got to do is be an Instagram marketer because look at me. I can make all this. I've made $3,000 in the past four hours. Just by, It's like all we have to do is keep running after, finding after, and digging our teeth into all these things. And you'll discover yourself just be you sounds so simple, but when we feel like we can't find us, we're just made to feel worse. And that is overwhelming. No wonder so much of our culture is anxious. We're swirling around in the pressure of trying to find ourselves in endless possibilities while it seems like everyone else has it figured out. You see, one of the reasons that we're so overwhelmed is because we think we're completely responsible to be the ones to figure it all out. And every time more questions show up, every time more uncertainty shows up, we feel like we're failing. We're at the center of a giant sphere with endless, ever-changing options in front of us. Like, you know those science balls where you put your hand on the thing and the lightning shoots into your fingers? Like, imagine being in the center. Like, I wonder where the lightning's going to shoot. You have no idea. But that's how this feels. Like, just discover your, your path, your heart, your desires. There's so many different things, and that's super overwhelming. And then what do we do with that? What do you do when you're overwhelmed? You know what I do when I'm overwhelmed? You know what I do when I'm the, like in my weakest moments feeling a version of this and I'm just like, we run 
to one of two things. We run to happiness and comfort. We run to the things that, that are going to make us feel a little bit better. So we run to the success. My home life is blowing up. My relationship with my parents is not where I want it to be. But when I go to work, I know how to make money. I know how to make sure that that customer feels good, that they feel served. I know how to make sure that that person feels cared for. So I'm going to dive into work because there I feel a little bit of control and I have no idea how to deal with this. So I'm just going to focus here. I dive into the house because if I have a house, at least it looks like all of this is going right. So I'm going to do that project. I got new windows this year. I, I, I put on new, I painted this room. I got new steps. I, so we scroll through the Instagram. What are the next ideas of the things that we can do to the house? Because if my house looks awesome, no one's going to know that all this is messed up inside of me. The car, the look, I got to make sure I have the right style, the friends that are, if I can get all of that right and run toward happiness, run toward comfort, that I can mask all of this stuff going on inside of me. The other thing that we run to, rewards. I want the food because you know what? We nailed it. Let's go to that nice fancy restaurant we've been talking about and let's enjoy. I run to the drink. I run to the drug. I run to the sex. I run to the screen. I run to something that at least for the moment, it, it kind of numbs me from the rest of the world and I feel like I can find just a glimpse of reward for all these things going on in my life and the fact that I took a step, would someone just please recognize the fact that I'm trying to move? We run to the serotonin, we run to the dopamine centers of our brain because we're trying to avoid the craziness of everything going on around us. In Matthew 7, Jesus tells us that broad is the path that leads to destruction. We have all these options in front of us. And everyone, everywhere in the culture is saying, just do this. Just do that. All you have to do, says the super good looking model in front of the really nice car, in front of the perfect house, in front of the perfect thing that says, all I did was spend three hours on Instagram to get this life, says all you have to do. And so we keep chasing it and chasing it and chasing it. But Jesus says the broad path will destroy you. Here's the second question. That's probably the wrong question to ask. And this one's going to sound crazy. How can I improve myself? Here's the other problem, and it's kind of the, the other side of the same coin it's an extreme deep dive in to self-help. It's the extreme dive in to things like self-care. And I realize for some of us this sounds nuts, but, but journey with me here for a minute. When we keep running after the serotonin, the dopamines, the things that bring us the happiness, the comfort, the things that bring us the reward centers and reward centers, when we keep running after those, or as a... It says in uh, Parks and Rec, you know, when we start treat yourself over and over and over again, when we focus on ourselves, we also end up focusing on our flaws and our weaknesses all the more. According to Forbes, of all those top resolutions, of the 14 top resolutions that people say they're running after, only one had anything to do with anyone else. 
The other 1314 was make me better. Richer, happier, stronger, me, me, me. And we have to be careful. It is psychologically proven that the more that we think about ourselves, catch this, the more depressed we become. The more that we think about ourselves, the more miserable we are. When you're in a social, check, think of this. When you're in a social situation, you're at the party, you're with the family, give or take maybe over the holidays. You're with those people. And all we're thinking about is ourselves, how we look. What's our image? What, what, what are we projecting? Is my aunt going to think I'm a failure again? Is my mom going to stop focusing here? Does this sweater hide my muffin top? Like all the different things that we could be thinking about our, when we're going into these scenarios, only thinking about ourselves, it's exhausting. But wh- why are we getting together with people? Is it so that they can check us out or are we getting together with people to like connect and have relationship and maybe we can bring value or help or comfort or aid or love into their life but we're for only focused on selves we we walk into these scenarios and then we walk out feeling more miserable because of how self-focused we are. The reason we're often miserable is because we're only thinking about ourselves. I start, when I was reading into this, I started to reflect back of some of the times most recently when I have felt the most defeated, when I have felt the most inept to do what's next on my plate. And I, it's hard to think about yourselves this way, but the more and more, ironically, that I thought about those scenarios, I'm like, those were some of the moments in my life where I was the most focused on who I wanted to be. Discover myself, figure things out. Is that the right shirt? Is that the right thing? Am I gonna, you know, what's my image in front of these people? How do these people see me? And the more and more and more I focused on that, the more and more I fell into the trap of comparison. That person works out just as much as I do. They look a lot better than I do. That person pulls off that sweater much better than I do. That person, like, they seem to do the same preparation. Why has it come so easy to them? Why does my brother able to do this and I can't figure that out? Why do I seem so smart in this area of my life and so inept when it comes to running a small engine so I can do a small project at my house? Like, I I can't, I I, I hate small engines. I, I hate them with a passion. Like if, oh man, I'm hiring you to come to my house to do those things, except I don't have the money for it, so okay. Uh, but there's this, we're always running this comparison game of how other people look compared to us. We can hit balance between if we're focused on self sometimes we're in self-hatred mode i can't stand this about myself i can't stand that this is a part of who i am or the other side of the spectrum i'm just pretty amazing and if people could just think like me if people would drive like me if people would work and have a work ethic like me if they would do life like me you see it doesn't matter how we think about ourselves, if we focus on ourselves too much, they both take us down negative pathways. Psychologists would say, if you go down that pathway too far, you know what that's called? It's called narcissism. 
And none of us like that. Some of us know some narcissists, no elbow nudging. Like, I get it. I've chased some of these things. I'm still tempted to chase a lot of these things. But what if Jesus sees us? What if Jesus sees us in this and he wants to offer us something different? What if in all of the dreaming about what could be next, what if in all of the potential self-hate or potential overconfidence, Jesus says, I want to give you something better. I want to give you something more life-giving. What if we don't have to find ourselves? What if we don't even have to improve ourselves? What if it's something much simpler? Jesus, he's faithful to lead us through all of this. I mentioned Matthew 7 earlier. He finishes this way. The gateway to life is very narrow. And the road is difficult. And only a few ever find it. If the the way that is broad, if the way that everyone is running down is the one that leads to destruction, if the multiple pathways, if the ways that all people are thinking, if the ways just find yourself and prove yourself are the ways that are going to lead us down these nasty spirals, what Jesus is saying is, I can take you somewhere else, but it's narrow, it's difficult, it's not the default way you're going to think about life, and only a few ever find it. And this probably makes sense to us if we're honest as we look around the landscape of people in life because it seems like there's only a few that aren't struggling with this stuff. There's only a few that aren't wrapped up in their self-narcissism, that they're not wrapped up in their own self-pursuits, that they're not wrapped up in the questions of how do I improve, how do I get better? And Jesus is saying there's something else. He knows you. He knows you. He sees your weaknesses. He sees your hopes. He sees your dreams. He sees what plagues you. He sees what excites you. He sees why you wanted to get up this morning. He sees what's making you drag your feet toward that next thing. He sees you. He knows you. And he is the guide to what's next. And his simple, his simple invitation has always been, follow me. In John chapter 14, what is this narrow path? Jesus says, I am the way. It's not a list of principles that's, well, here's how to think. It's not the next 70 New Year's resolutions you got to master. It's not the next 55 Christian disciplines that'll make you a better person. It's not all the stuff that you better master. Otherwise, are you really even a follower of Jesus? It's simply follow me. Be with me. Do we want something different in our lives? Is there something that we wish was different that we want to see changed? And are we willing to go to Jesus for the answer to that question? Jesus was talking with someone that had been ill for a long time. This is in John 5. He knew this person had been ill. And he asked this person, would you like to get well? Would you like to get well? Would you like 
for Jesus to interact with what's going on in your life. Some of us are so wrapped up into our identities as being the one that struggles with whatever plagues us that we're not sure we want to answer yes to that question. We like being the victim because people pay attention to us. We like being the person that needs help because people run to our aid. We like being the person that fakes that we have it all together because of the, the, the accolades that people throw our way. You're, you're always so successful. You always seem to have this all figured out. And we keep building these walls of false security because we want that image to continue forward. And Jesus is saying, do you want the freedom? Do you want to get well? Are you willing to ask some of the right questions? Because Jesus says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. Now think about that in English vernacular for a second. If you try to hang on to your life, to save it, to get all of this stuff right, to get all the disciplines just right, to go down the path, to discover your perfect self, to go to those things, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose it. Jesus knows you can't, we can't, I can't handle the pressure of making sure that I nail this thing called life. If I keep trying to be the hero of my own life, you will, I will lose it. But if you give that up, if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. If you follow me down the narrow path, you will save your life. I want to quickly walk you through a pattern that you can see throughout the whole of scripture. Some of you, you've been studying the Bible for years and years and years. Some of you are like, I don't even own a known Bible and I'm not even sure what to Google to find it. But I wanna show you this pattern because sometimes it's overlooked. If we go right to the very beginning, one of the first things that God says to Adam when he was the only person on the planet, he says, it's not good for you to be alone. It is not good for you to be only focused on what you are doing and what you have to do and what you have to make happen and what you, it is not good for you to be alone and focused on self. You fast forward 11 or 12 chapters and you're introduced to somebody named Abraham. And the short version of his bio is he's known as the father of our faith, one of the first people to have a direct and vibrant connection with God himself. And one of the main promises that God made to Abraham is that I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. All of the families of the earth will be blessed through you. In other words, I'm going to make sure that you have far beyond anything you ever need. Why? For yourself? No, actually the opposite, completely the opposite. Not for yourself, but for others. In Israel, Israel is the people that birthed out of Abraham's family, the people that God chose to show himself over the course of human history all throughout the Old Testament. And they had a lot of efforts to try to earn their way to God, to show that they could be called the people of God. They tried and tried and tried, but they failed and failed and failed. 
And over and over and over again, God was trying to show them things like, listen, it's not about following the rules. It's not just about making sure you hit these disciplines. It's about making sure that you love mercy, that you act justly, that you interact with people in an amazing way. That's not about yourselves and that in so doing that you would walk humbly with me. I want you to see a a mighty flood of justice, the right relationship between you and other people, an endless river of righteous living, the way that you interact with others. You're trying to give me these sacrifices to make sure you're okay. I'm asking for this, that you would interact with people, that you would bring justice, that you'd bring life, that you'd bring relationship to the people around you, their promise was not contingent upon do you have it all right. It was contingent upon how are you interacting with other people. James, Jesus' brother in the New Testament, writes these words about what does it mean. He says, you want to know what pure and genuine religion is in the sight of God? It means caring for orphans and widows in their distress. Many of us, when we think of pure And holy religion, we think of our piety, we think of our self-discipline, we think of, am I living a righteous life? Am I living a holy life? Do I have all of my disciplines together? Am I a good person? That's how we think. And Jesus' brother, who's walked with Jesus, understood Jesus, has chosen to follow his brother, follow Jesus, is saying, the best way, the only way to know Jesus is to give yourself to people in need. And Jesus, over and over and over again, is showing us the importance of even walking through the law. It's not just about yourself, but it's about how we interact with other people. Someone approached him once and said this, teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. In other words, it's not about you. It's about understanding the relationship with God. It's accepting the invitation to come and follow him. But then he says this, The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And some of us in the midst of trying to discover ourselves and trying to be a better version of ourselves, we might ask, looking at this, what about me? Who's going to love me? Where do I fit into this equation? I keep reading all these articles. I keep seeing all these reels that say, you got you to love yourself first. You got to care about yourself first. So what is Jesus talking about? Why am I here? What, what am I supposed to do? Jesus came. I love this. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. So, when we find ourselves lost in the pursuit of discovering who we are, Jesus came to seek and save you. 
When we find ourselves completely lost, not knowing what to do next, lost, not knowing why we can't seem to get better at this portion of our life, why we can't seem to get this discipline nailed down, why we can't seem to beat and face this addiction, why we can't seem to make certain things happen in our life, why are they always ahead, why am I always so behind, why do I have to be the one that struggles in my marriage, why do my parents not love me the way that it seems like every, when we're asking our questions and not knowing how we fit in, Jesus came to seek and save us. Jesus is here for us. He came for you. He came for me. He came to be with you. He came to seek and save us. We are here for others. We don't have to seek and save ourselves. Jesus came for that. We are here for other people. Do you remember? We just looked at this. Jesus said, if you try to hang on to your own life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, if you give it to me, if you give it to others, you'll save it. When we don't know who we are, God does. He calls us by name. He ransoms his life for us. And when we need cared for the most, Jesus says, I will give you rest. Jesus says, I am the life. Jesus is the living water that quenches the deepest thirst of our soul. Jesus is the bread of life that strengthens and nourishes us and gives us exactly what we need. Jesus isn't calling us in this moment to be here for us or even ourselves. He's got that. He's calling us to be here for others. Jesus is here for us. We are here for other people. When we know God and we know Jesus, we do his work. I step into what he wants because I realize there's nothing better for me to give my life to. And the more and more that I do his work, the more and more I know him more and more. I'm spending time with him. I'm connected with him. All of the rest of the law and the prophets are hanging on the fact that I've finally given myself over to love him and to love other people. We experience God on a deeper basis. Jesus is simply beckoning us to begin. What if we looked at 2024 differently? Now, if you have a name of a person or of people or a group of people in your mind, that might be God prompting you that that's what I want to give you to give your life to. They are who I want you to invest in. That's who I want you to run after. The neighbor who just lost their dad. The person next door who just, they just feel lonely all the time. The coworker who is struggling to belong and is filled with self-doubt. The, the person that recently lost their loved one and they can't shake it even though it seems like so much time has elapsed. Why aren't they run to them? 
give yourself to that person, that people, the one who just lost their mentor in life, the person that's struggling, that can't seem to make the steps forward. What if our eyes saw them the way that God does and God was putting us in their life to help them, to be there for them, to invest into them, to pour a little bit of Jesus into their life? What if we were there for them? And if you don't have a name or a group of people that come to mind, I promise you we have some people that you can invest your life into. There are so many opportunities to connect with people, and that's what we're here for. There are 8 billion people on this planet. If you don't know how to invest into others, you just need to be introduced to somebody else. There's someone else that needs Jesus, whether it's kids, students, young adults, adults, elderly adults, even those that are over 40. Like, I mean, it's just lots of folks that we can give our lives to. And I just wonder if we could start asking different questions. Ones that are more connected to that narrow pathway of Jesus that leads to life. I wonder if we can ask ourselves a little less, how do I improve myself? And we maybe ask a little bit more, who can I invest in? Who can I build into? Who can I help see the wonder of Jesus? Who can I help not feel alone? Who can I help be the full version of themselves? Who can I help show that Jesus will rescue you from your spiral of self-discovery and instead say, I know exactly who you are and I have a plan and a pathway for you? I wonder if we would ask a little less, how can I find myself And maybe a little bit more, how do I be who Jesus is inviting me to be? Because instead of looking at all of those different possibilities and all of those different endless things that are right in front of us that seem so overwhelming, what if we just trusted Jesus? Who who are you creating me to be? Who are you placing in my life? Am I willing to take a step forward because my own steps aren't taking me anywhere that I thought would be, but instead, if I just give myself to you and the people you want me to give myself to, maybe I would begin to find my life. This year, instead of committing to figuring it out once again, instead of being fixated on ourself, What if we sought Jesus? And I don't mean, what if we just got our spiritual disciplines in a row and became better Christians? I mean, what if we really said, Jesus, who do you want me to talk to? Where do you want me to get me plugged in? What do you want me to do? How can I get my eyes on what you have your eyes on? I trust that you're here for me. Would you use me to be here for others? The band's gonna come out in a moment, but before they do, I want us to, <clears throat> I want us to take a look at this psalm together. 
Because sometimes I don't think, almost in an ironic way, we don't look at ourselves through the lens of God. We try to figure out ourselves and then we try to present that to God when God already sees us. And this psalm helps us to realize that God already sees and knows everything and asks him to lead us through it. So I'm gonna leave this on the screen for a moment. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. I wonder if some of us would be willing to make this our prayer this year. That maybe there's something inside of us that we think is helping us, but God is saying, this is actually holding you back. You think you're running after the success, you think you're running after the movement of life, but it's actually building into your anxieties. It's actually building into your self-doubt. It's actually building into why you feel like you're not making the impact that you could. It's actually destroying some of the freedom that I'm trying to offer you. Would we be willing to say, God, search me, know me, show me, and lead me down a pathway of everlasting life? As the band settles in to lead us through a time of reflection and worship, would you pray with me? Jesus, it is really hard not to just think about ourselves all the time. It's the only mind that we get insight into. But Jesus, you know us. You know what slows us down. You know what drives us crazy. You know what makes us fearful. You know, you know exactly what's inside of us. And you came to seek us and save us. Sometimes from ourselves. Jesus, would you show us a different pathway? Would you show us life? Would you show us what it looks like when we give ourselves to you so that we can actually find ourselves as we love other people? Give us the courage to serve and to love those folks that came to mind, to to have the courage to step out and say, I want to give more of my life to other people. Spiritual leader, pastor, life group leader, team leader, would you help me discover someone else that I can get to know and be a part of their lives and help them, serve them, love them? Would you help me live out the thing that you said is the greatest commandment? Would you use my life for something greater that I could ever dream. Jesus, help us to trust you, to know that you love us, and to give ourselves fully to you
as you make us into something new, as we love those around us. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.